Welcome to MoFo Perspectives, a podcast by Morrison and Forrester, where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts, and lawyers. Welcome to Mo Forecast, a podcast series in which experts from Morrison and Forrester make predictions about enforcement and policy trends in the upcoming Biden administration. Today, we'll be discussing antitrust. I'm your host, James Kukios, co-head of MoFo Securities Litigation, Enforcement, and White Collar Practice Group. I'm pleased to be speaking today with Lisa Phelan and Megan Gerking. Lisa spent many years in senior management positions at DOJ's Antitrust Division, including serving as Chief of National Criminal Enforcement, and now is co-chair of MoFo's Global Antitrust Group. Megan was a trial attorney in the Antitrust Division, and her practice is focused on government-facing antitrust matters, including criminal and civil conduct and merger investigations. Lisa and Megan, before we get into your predictions for the future, set the stage for the current context. What were the antitrust enforcement priorities and trends during the Trump administration? Thanks, James. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of my career focusing on the criminal cartel side of the house in the antitrust division. And so I can tell you the huge trend there during the Trump administration was just that enforcement was down drastically. Um, on all metrics, the number of cases that were being brought, the kind of fines that were being levied, the jail terms that were being obtained. So that was sort of the biggest trend. Another major trend that we saw during the Trump administration was a shift for about two decades, really the antitrust division focused on large international cartels going after multinational corporations and obtaining just massive fines, um, averaging a billion dollars or more a year again and again and again. But the Trump administration seemed to shift focus to more domestic cartels. They brought cases in the chicken processing industry, in the generic drug industry, and really put a heavy focus on government agent procurement. They were very concerned about government being a victim of any kind of collusion um, or, or cartel conduct. Along those lines of focusing on domestic conduct, there was also a big emphasis on wage and labor cases. That included talk about wage fixing and also concern about so-called no-poach agreements between companies. These are agreements not to hire one another's employees. This was actually a change in policy that was announced at the very tail end of the Obama administration. And there was some question about whether or not the Trump administration would be interested in this kind of um, possible criminal conduct. And in fact, they were very interested and opened a large number of investigations and gave a lot of speeches about how strongly they felt on this issue. But despite that, they actually did not bring any cases in that space. Finally, though, a really positive development in the Trump administration on the cartel side of the House is uh, the finally the willingness to give credit for antitrust compliance programs. Historically, the division had taken the position that it would give no such credit because almost by definition, if a high-level executive um, was involved in cartel conduct, then how could it have been an effective compliance program? But the division was finally persuaded that having that attitude and giving no credit was really um, having a negative effect in motivating and incentivizing companies to have antitrust compliance programs. So they have changed their position and now will not only credit it in terms of potential penalties and sentencing, 
but will credit an effective antitrust compliance program for possibly as much as a non-prosecution agreement, despite having committed an offense. So this was a really positive development at the tail end of the Trump administration. Obviously, though, a big focus has been on the big tech um, space. And I'll turn it over to Megan to sort of talk about what's happening with the Google case that was filed just a few weeks ago and sort of how the Trump administration tended to view mergers. Thanks, Lisa. And thank you, James, for having us today. In the Trump administration, enforcement of mergers, in particular by DOJ, has been relatively minimal um, as compared to prior administrations and under historical standards. Indeed, according to public reports, the average rate of second requests and merger challenges have actually fallen considerably, nearly 20%. There were a few exceptions, though, in the Trump administration of notable cases that were brought, including the DOJ's challenge of the proposed merger between ATT and Time Warner, which uh, DOJ was ultimately unsuccessful at blocking. At the FTC, on the other hand, enforcement of mergers and civil conduct cases has been uh, very active and aggressive in recent years. And I think that in particular, as Lisa mentioned, on the focus has been on big tech at both DOJ and FTC. There's been a lot of discussion in the Trump administration over reining in abuse of market power exercised by few big tech companies. DOJ recently filed a case against Google alleging monopolization or abuse of their market position. And our understanding based on public information is that that investigation was really being led out of the attorney general's office, which is an unusual place for an investigation like that to be brought. Typically, you would um, see more active enforcement at the or investigation at the staff level. But based on what I've read about the investigation, it was being driven out of the AG's office. One other trend or something that happened during the Trump administration that was rather unusual was the DOJ and FTC taking diverging interpretations and positions on a unique antitrust issue in related to the Qualcomm case. In fact, the FTC brought an antitrust action against Qualcomm, and the DOJ actually made a filing in that case taking a differing interpretation of antitrust law. I'm not sure if this has previously occurred, but if it has, it uh, hasn't been in my lifetime. You would expect the agencies to be more aligned on positions that they're taking, especially publicly in antitrust actions. Going forward, I think that we expect that there will be greater alignment or a renewed alignment of the agencies going forward. One other trend in the Trump administration DOJ antitrust division was the development of a very active amicus program in which DOJ was filing statements of interest in civil litigation, making its position known 
In the past, DOJ had filed statements of interest in civil litigation, but under the Trump administration and under the helm of AAG Macon Delverheim, this program became very active. Lisa mentioned there were a lot of no poach cases in being brought civilly, and this was one area where the amicus program was active. Lisa and Megan, what are your predictions about antitrust enforcement priorities and trends under the new administration? Sure. Well, I think the biggest one is that there's going to be more of it and a lot more aggressive. I'm kind of historically, I worked at, at DOJ through multiple administrations of um, of all stripes. And historically, Democrats uh, at least talk about being more aggressive in enforcing antitrust laws, particularly in a sense of reining in big companies. So I think companies need to be prepared for the fact that there will likely be more challenges to proposed mergers and more scrutiny of conduct that could arguably be considered collusive or anti-competitive. I think more dollars will be poured towards the agencies that do the enforcement. Um, More hiring will be happening because there has been attrition and shrinking of the teams at some of these agencies and more aggressive theories and willingness to to litigate and go to trial in matters than maybe the last administration has had an appetite for. There was just a report put out by the transition advisory team uh, that Biden had put into place. And that team actually is encouraging the division to work with Congress to try to get more um, aggressive antitrust laws put into place than currently exist. Um, Who's to say whether or not they'll be successful in that endeavor? But even if not, I think you need to assume that there'll be more focus on certain industries, like, for example, the healthcare industry, which is obviously so critical, not only all the time, but certainly now, um, given the pandemic and what's been going on. I also think that there'll be that continued focus on the labor market. I think that's something that Democrats consider you know, sort of very important to protect uh, protect the workforce and protect workers sort of fits with the, the usual thinking about, um, you know, kind of the big bad companies versus the little guy. And so I expect to see some cases brought there where the Trump administration did not. I think there's also going to be a huge focus on big tech. Megan and I mentioned the Google case that was just filed. It was actually filed on a fairly narrow basis and a fairly conservative theory. Um, Many are saying it really just mirrors the Microsoft case that was brought about 20 years ago. And so I think it's entirely possible that the Biden administration will broaden the charges there, um, taking a more aggressive approach and, and challenging Google and perhaps other big tech companies on a broader range of conduct that they engage in. But I'll turn it over to Megan to talk about, you know, what you think we're going to be seeing on mergers. Yeah, I agree with all of what Lisa was just saying. I do think that we'll see an increased focus on antitrust enforcement. I think that there is a certain sense right now among certain antitrust experts that there needs to be tougher antitrust enforcement in the areas that Lisa mentioned. Uh, In particular, there is this continued focus on market power that has been amassed by few players. In particular, this has really been playing out in big tech. DOJ has the Google case, and there's an expectation that 
the FTC will be bringing, or at least rumors that FTC will be bringing a case against another large tech company soon. On the merger enforcement, I think that we will definitely see an uptick in second requests and increased scrutiny of deals, both horizontal and vertical deals. And I think that that will happen at both DOJ, so an increase at DOJ, and I think that the FTC will continue to be active. I do also think that there is a bit of a wild card at the FTC, depending on who is named chairperson of the commission, that could also have an effect on how active and how the unique types of theories that are brought in the future in in these types of enforcement actions. Lisa also touched on the possible possibility for new antitrust legislation. I do think that that is, that is definitely something that's being discussed, but I think that it could be challenging for um, divided Congress to actually pass um, antitrust legislation that's being discussed. What should companies do to prepare for antitrust enforcement going forward? Yeah, James, there's there's quite a few things that I would recommend um, that, that they put the time and the resources in now before sort of this anticipated onslaught of aggressive enforcement um, possibly comes knocking at their door. One of the biggest things they can do proactively is to really take a look at their compliance, their antitrust compliance program. Um, as I said, this is really a huge uh, change and improvement in DOJ's approach in terms of being willing to credit effective or comprehensive compliance programs. I can't tell you how many companies I've worked with in recent years who just have a antitrust policy that maybe they've had on the books for 20 years. No one's taken a look at it. No one's updated it to think about how has the world changed? How has antitrust focus changed and policy changed? And they're really out of date and their compliance programs are fairly meager um, in part because, you know, in a world of limited compliance dollars, maybe antitrust wasn't worth putting your time and money into because there wasn't much to be gained by it. Now there absolutely is. As I said, on the table now is a DPA or an NPA, a non-prosecution agreement, even if an antitrust cartel offense is committed. And that's a huge um, opportunity that, that at a relatively low cost, um, companies can take advantage of. DOJ also put out, in addition to the, the whole Department of Justice putting out guidance on effective compliance programs, the Antitrust Division put out its own very detailed guidance on what uh, are the key components of an effective antitrust compliance program. They have nine hallmarks of an effective program. And really, with relatively little time and effort, um, a company can put together a program that really will make a, a difference and be kind of an insurance policy in case anything crops up. Because certainly, particularly for larger and international companies, it can be very difficult to make sure no improper communications or conduct is happening anywhere. But if you've got a strong, robust program that you are ready to show the DOJ if and when any subpoena comes to you or problem comes knocking on your door, it's a huge plus factor. So that's a relatively simple and really valuable step that companies can be taking. And while they're doing that, they want to think about 
obviously one component of an effective um, antitrust compliance program is training. And you need to uh, refresh your thoughts about who should be trained. Historically, it's been sales and marketing folks. But as we were talking about with this new trend and focus on wage and labor issues, you want to think of new categories of people be trained, such as HR professionals. The other way companies can be ready is as they think about mergers, which, you know, we've got to expect, right, James, with the economic turmoil going on right now, there's going to be more and more uh, mergers happening down the line. Thinking ahead to preparing for those, and if there is going to be a competitive issue and the company is likely to get a second request from the government that's looking at the, the merger, making sure that any documents that might be called for might not actually end up reflecting some collusive or cartel-type conduct. I can't tell you again and again that has been happening in recent years where companies uh, approach the government seeking merger approval and find themselves ending up instead in a cartel investigation. It's the time now to think about what deals you might want to do and to sort of clean house and take a close look at what you've got. I think you also want to, you know, for international firms that maybe thought they've had a little bit of a lull and a vacation from uh, uh, aggressive antitrust enforcement, you need to assume that those days are over and assume that the swing from uh, that happened during the Trump administration to focus on domestic cartels, that the lens will swing back and that there will definitely be a focus on international cartel investigations, as well as relationships with international enforcers in terms of working together to identify and root out antitrust problems. Megan, what are your thoughts about some things companies could be doing on the civil side of the house? I agree with you, Lisa, that companies should be making sure that their compliance programs and related training programs are up to date. I think that that can also help with staying within the boundaries of the antitrust laws on the civil side. I think it will also be important for companies to, as always, seek experienced antitrust counsel when considering potential transactions with others that are in their space, either a horizontal type merger or a vertical transaction. And then I think it will be important to monitor developments with legislation as potential legislation could have impacts on active litigation and enforcement actions. So overall, just being mindful of of what is developing as the Biden administration um, steps up antitrust enforcement. I think that's right, Megan, and and um, I, I expect that the policy announcements um, will be coming pretty fast and furious, and and you and I will work hard to get client alerts out quickly and information out to companies that need it so that they can stay abreast of these things. James, it's been great talking with you. This is the end of our Mo Forecast episode on antitrust enforcement and policy trends in the upcoming Biden administration. Once again, I'm your host, James Kukios speaking with Lisa Phelan and Megan Gerking. If you liked today's episode, and we hope you did, please visit the MoFo website and join us for additional installments of the Mo Forecast series, covering predictions for enforcement and policy trends in other areas of the law. Thanks for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe to the MoFo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode. 
If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, that's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com slash podcasts.